Welcome to the Mavs Fans for Life podcast. I'm Josh Mauser. That is Landon Thomas. If you don't know us by now, there's a whole back catalog of reasons to hate one of us. Uh, maybe, I mean, take your pick. It's either me or him. There's two to choose from. <laughs> We've got an easy week this week, Landon. Easy. It's easy peasy this week. Yeah. Of course, when I say that, I'm completely full of crap because we've got a breakdown of the whole 2021-2022 season. Um, We've got to go through the highs, the lows, and some of the in-betweens. And then after that, it gets a little bit more difficult. We have to preview the upcoming Dallas vs. Utah playoff series. And that's going to be a little bit different because it feels a lot different, doesn't it? Feels a lot different this week than it did last week, right? Yeah, it, it feels like um, there's something in the air, you know, where you, you're about to go to war. <laughs> like everyone's at the calm before the storm, right? Yeah. Um, but before we get to that calm before the storm, uh, yeah. let's talk about how this season went so far. So far, it's done. Let's talk about how this season went. And uh, then we'll we'll break down the postseason. When we started this this uh, journey this year with this Dallas Mavericks team, did you think that this is where the team was going to end up? No, I thought. Um, I mean, it feels like it feels like the season was two seasons. It's, it's been so many <laughs> things happening, but. Actually, remember, I, I thought this team was going to be third seed. Yeah, I, I doubled down. Um, they almost were. They, they almost were you know, the, somehow. The funniest, most like fence-sitting version of this team ever to be sitting right in between what both of us said oh, it would yeah. be. Because yeah. I said they were going to be fifth. I was pretty confident about fifth. And for most of the end of the season, they were fifth. I, I thought I had it. I was like, ah, oh, this is wrapped. I've got it. Mm-hmm. My prediction is correct. Then they go up to the third seed. You're you're sitting high. You're a pretty pony, just prancing around the ranch. And then, yeah. of course, we're we're both wrong. So, yeah, why but, did you think before the season started that this team was going to be third? Because because of, of the guy not here. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like this was the, um. This was, you know, put up or shut up with, with the ex, um, experiment on the Luca and KP duo, and it obviously didn't work out that way. That's why I felt like this is not what I predicted um, for this season to be. I felt like this team was going to be third seed going into the playoffs with KP finally showing who he is, um, health wise. Obviously, he has talent when he does play. And then um, Luca being um, um, the MVP of this league. Obviously, they still have the home court advantage, which is great, and they have one of the best chemistries, uh, the chemistry in the, in the league. Um, but I feel like it fell a, fell a little short of my um, prediction. Yeah. What about you? Because it went over your prediction. It did. Well, and I, I thought – like you said, I thought we were going to find out whether this KP experiment worked or not. This was the last year for me 
to say whether or not it was working. And I think by the trade deadline, um, even though I didn't necessarily want to see him go, I wasn't, I, that's not the player I wanted to see go out the door, but I also realized that that was probably the only trade bait we had at the time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't think it just wasn't going to work out. Right. I wanted it to, at the beginning of the season, I kind of said, this is the year. I think that they finally kind of get a hold of things and they just, they just didn't, yeah. you know, um, KP was better, like, by far when Luka wasn't on the floor. If you look at his stat breakdown for his time playing without Luka, he was just, he was a better player. He, you know, scored five more points, uh, with got more rebounds, uh, shot at a higher clip, just barely, but did. So, I think that he... Mm, maybe subconsciously played harder and was more excited about basketball when he wasn't playing with somebody that was the star, which is why it's, it's going to be harder for him next year in Washington too, because he's going to have to deal with a very similar situation. So, um, but yeah, I was pleasantly surprised at how this team kind of, even though they didn't look, they didn't look great at the beginning of the season. They still seem to be pretty uh, consistent. Don't yeah. you think they were, they were one of the more consistent teams. It was when, when one and a half lose one kind of for a while. <laughs> and, uh, and then the trade deadline came, came and the team's been just a hell of a lot better. So that's been fun to watch this the second post uh, post all-star and basically all of 2022 they've been a really fun team to watch and just shot up the standings yeah you kind of you kind of don't really know who this team is like you know they're a great defensive team you know um individually how good they are uh with luca brunson and dinwiddie and you have some good role players in there um but you know, that first half of the season, like you said, the the slow start and then the 10 the day contracts, that little <laughs> period oh. of all those guys coming in and out. And then you got um, 2022, you know, where the defense started getting good and then the trade deadline. Um, I mean, overall, 2022, they've been great, but you still don't know how far this team could go. I mean, this team could lose in a dog fight with Utah or they could go all the way. You just don't know who this team is. And, and I think that's a good thing. I think yeah, that could will them to uh, um, some victories. I'm um, starting with the first round. Let's talk about how, how fruitful that 10 day contract period was for them. Oh geez. Yeah. Because there are two players on the team that were 10 day contracts. Yeah. Marquise Chris and uh, Theo Penson both were were guys that they weren't going to be on this team if that if that period of time does not happen where everybody catches COVID. Um, and you could argue they're 
pretty big contributors in their own way. Um, Marquise Chris finally kind of getting back into the lineup. We'll see how much he actually contributes on the floor. But a guy like Theo Pinson, uh, every every chance somebody gets to talk how talk up Theo Pinson about how great he is and how good of a teammate he is, they do. They never skip a beat when when asked about Theo Pinson, which is um, pretty interesting. I don't think we. It's been a long time since we had a player like that. Um, I'd say Boban, like his energy rivals his positive energy kind of rivals that but it's a very different it's just a different feeling everybody talks about Theo Pinson like he he's the biggest cheerleader and Boban is just a positive energy and friendly guy and everybody likes to have him around uh but Theo Pinson is like you know jumping up and down and you know <laughs> yelling at refs and he's the kind of teammate that you want on that sideline and then whenever he plays you can see how excited the his teammates are you saw it in the last game how excited when he started hitting threes everybody is yeah i mean um you kind of saw it with uh a previous two-way player in, in nate hinton but um but the thing is theo has a better way better connections um with guys on the team and he obviously was a better player just to be honest um but another point where where we talk about these 10-day contracts that's what that's why it feels like this season has been so long because i already forgot about uh eugene omarui um (laughs) and jordan mclaughlin i mean i forgot about those guys on the team yeah um it's been a long time, but like, yeah, Brandon I mean, Knight. Bless Brandon Knight, Charlie Brown. Um, there's, there's a, there's a couple more, um, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, there's yeah. been so many things that happened during the season, but like, yeah, I mean, Marquise, Chris, he's fell off a little bit recently, but I feel like, um, um, when the pressure is on, he does rise to the occasion. Um, so you kind of want some consistency there. Um, in in the games that you're playing bottom teams but um when they do play good teams seems like he rise to that um, moment and then um theo yeah um he's been great um like you said with with the team and and also during games and just keeping everybody um together so yeah um overall i think it worked out and they they kept winning yeah that's when they kind of started yeah completely nuts to me because we when we were talking during this podcast about how rough it was going to be during that period. I thought this might be the end of the season. We just had too many players out, right? Yeah. There were just too many. And every, every time you, you swiped refresh on Twitter, it was another player uh, was going to be out. So mm-hmm. I, I thought for sure that that was going to be, uh, I don't know, at best eighth seed at that point. Right. So what's your biggest surprise out of this season then? Uh, the biggest surprise out of this season is honestly something small, but it's big in the grand scheme of things that could impact this team. It's Maxi Cleaver not being able to find a shot. Yeah. Like, I thought he was going to take the next step. 
um, and and possibly be the best big man on this team, but kind of swap where Dwight Powell is that guy and Maxi just fell off. Like he can't even hit open shots and he'll have like a game out of five where he, he hits two threes and everyone's going crazy. But then he goes back to that stretch where he can't buy a basket. And it's kind of, it's kind of sad to see. Yeah. I think it's in his head too. At this point, yeah. it might, it's probably more of a yips thing than anything else. Um, yeah, that's, that's surprising on a positive note. The biggest surprise to me was the emergence of actually knowing what Josh green is. Mm, yeah. Like, I feel like we have a, a much better understanding of who he is as a player. And that's either a, a, a testament to Josh Kidd or uh, Jason Kidd as a coach. I almost tried to give myself a uh, coaching credit there. Did you hear that? <laughs> Josh, Josh kid. Um, no, I think that might be a testament to Jason kid as a coach, um, giving him space, like room to breathe as a player on the court. And and I don't think he got that last year with Rick Carlisle. Um, it's been really, it's, it's nice. I, we've talked about this many times, but at the beginning of the season, before the season started, I was ready to write him off. I was ready to kind of like just okay, let's move on. Let's get a net, let's keep let's get a 10-day contract kind of <laughs> kind of guy and uh give them a shot cuz we've just it's just not going to happen. And then something clicked either with him or with the the coaching staff that suddenly knew what he was and uh, Josh Green turns into an NBA player where he's constantly affecting ball movement. He's great on defense. He's really active. Um, can score in quick little bursts, um, driving the driving to the lane. Um, he's an interesting player, and I really enjoy watching. I really enjoy when he's on the court. Um, he's got – he's had – I don't know if it's less opportunity here at the end of the season than he did in the middle uh, when all that transition was going on. That's when you really saw a lot of him. Um, but he proved himself enough to give himself a, a place in the rotation, which is really nice. He's he's fun to see. That's That's been my pleasant surprise for sure of the season. Yeah, I definitely – like Josh Green, I'm a big fan of Josh Green. Um, even when he didn't play, I mean, hopefully he keeps tr- um, transcending upwards, you know, towards um, – obviously he's he's in the rotation now, but I'm talking like towards aggression offensively, um, looking for a shot or, you know, um, isolation offense, you know, stuff like that in the offseason that he can prepare himself to move um, – further in his career here um, in Dallas and just watching other teams like the Brooklyn Nets, um, Bruce Brown, you know, some, I see similar paths with Bruce Brown um, with that. Josh can be, uh, you know, a, a 10 point scorer next year. Um, like you said, he moves great without the ball. He, um, he can hit, um, he can hit a shot. He can play defense um, just consistently. Cause we've seen it you know, here, here and there, like a 15 point game or, um, uh, eight assist, 
And that's, you know, I want to see something like that next year where he's averaging nine points, uh, four rebounds, and two assists, you know, um, next season. Hopefully he does that. Talk a little bit about Jalen Brunson. Oh, you know I love JB. <laughs> Pay the man. Pay the was, man. That's why I was just going to let you – I'm just going to yeah. give it to you and let you have it. Well, you know, I was thinking about doing um, – picking JB as the surprise of the season. Um, but it, it's not a, it's a surprise to people, but it's not a surprise to me because I've seen it ever since he, he arrived here in Dallas. And I feel like, I, I feel like he's a top 15 point guard. Um, he's around 14, 15 in the league. Um, and he plays really well off the ball um, with Luca. And that's hard to do. I mean, we've seen it the past three years, all the people that tried to do it and really couldn't do it. Um, even even guys that are still on the team that had to go to, um, you know, come off the bench to play with different guys. Um, and he's it, not even um, THJ, um, also Spencer. Because I, th- I honestly think Spencer is better than Jalen Brunson, but Jalen plays the best with Luka Doncic and he, he plays even better when Luka's not there, um, yeah. which we might get into a little um, in a little bit, but we're going to have to just the value of him. I, I love what he brings. Yeah. I, I was uh, fully on board with the, we use him as trade <laughs> trade bait this season early on. Yeah. And then whenever the trade le- deadline came, uh, I kind of got scared. I was like, oh, I really hope they don't trade him. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think I was just, uh, I, I was that like the jilted, uh, boyfriend where, you know, you're about to get broken up with. So you just, <laughs> you just say, well, I, I wanted to break up anyway, so it doesn't hurt my feelings. Go ahead. Leave yeah, me. Mentally preparing. <laughs> I was <laughs> mentally preparing myself for the rejection, uh, that I feel is coming. Um, yeah. But no, I think he he has been a, a a great maybe not a surprise because every year we've seen so far he just gets he gradually gets better every year. He's a player that has not had any regression his whole career in Dallas. Um even more excited to see what he does in the future. Um yeah. But yeah, we will definitely have to get into his his numbers uh when Luca's on the court and when he is not probably here pretty soon. Um, anything other than maxi that really stands out as a, a disappointment for you. A uh, disappointment for this team would have to be, I mean, outside of the, uh, the and the KP stuff that we already talked about, I would probably say uh, just the the national um, the national respect for uh, Luca, what he does um, when it comes to being valuable. Um, I feel like when you look across the board with the stats, he should be he should be top three. When you look at his team, he should be top three. Uh, I'm talking talent. And then you go to the third point, the record, 
um, uh, um, the seed that they're at. Um, they're top five um, um, in the NBA. They're fourth in the West. And then um, just just what he brings on a, a nightly basis, especially the stats, the points, rebounds, assists. I feel like there's not many people do what he do. Um, he does, and, and the only person I think that does it is Nikola Jokic, um, just the value, how valuable they are to their team. And you're seeing it now. I mean, no one's really talking about the series they're talking about Luca and that's, yeah. that's how valuable, I mean, we, they still have great talent on the team, but they're even asking other players, um, you know, what do you think about Luca? It's like, geez, well, Landon, that is the series. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Like, Luca is the series They're They're like, probably isn't really much of a series if, if that guy is gone. So yeah, that's yeah. a big one. I, I uh, feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that I didn't. I thought there would be growth on defense this year. I didn't think there would be top ten defense with very similar players in the mm-hmm. on the roster. I mean, we did we did add some players that are defensive minded in in a Bullock, but didn't expect didn't expect that. Um, to in to end the season with the sixth best uh, defensive ranking, uh, I guess defensive rating in the league is like nuts to me. Uh, they got a little bit worse worse on the offensive side, but a lot better on the defensive side. And it's been fun to watch. It's also been fun to watch Dallas fans suddenly like realize that defense can be fun and how much it helps a team win all of a sudden like being being defensive <laughs> having clutch defense is one of the more fun things to watch in basketball when you know your team can maybe be down a couple of points and then just lock down on defense cuz you know it's in them to do that and they've done it a few times this season we saw him do it in Boston uh, in one of the most exciting games I've ever seen. Um, that was it's that was fun to watch. That growth was fun to watch and and give credit to Jason Kidd for being able to take the the parts of this team that were existing and kind of find a way to put them in a scheme that made this defense play better. I don't, you know, uh, be it the scheme or or just the encouragement, uh, you, you can't really put your finger on it, but the team is a lot better on defense. So that's been fun. Um, any Anything else that stands out to you before we move on to breaking down this Utah series? Um, well, you, you just brought it up being – having comebacks um that's one thing that does stand out to me um from this season is they were down a lot and they came back a lot and won those games but um just being down in the middle of games i want to see i want to see that um you know 
that mental uh, maturity, uh, especially in game one, um, moving forward, they, they got to make sure when they are winning, they push that lead. That's what I want to see with this team moving forward, not just playoffs, but next season. Instead of having that mental lapse where you let teams come back and then you're down by 10. So that's one thing that stands out to me with this team. Yeah, I think there there were times in this season where you thought a more mature team wouldn't have gotten down that bad or wouldn't have allowed a team to play this well against them. But then you were also never really worried when they were down bad. There was never a time where you're like, uh, nobody ever gives up on this team because we've seen them kind of scratch and claw their way back and have the, the maturity to not just give up. There was, there was no game where you saw slump shoulders this year where you're just kind of like, you see all the players just give up. That just didn't happen this year. Um, Hopefully not giving up. Let's move on to Dallas versus Utah. First round of the playoffs. We have gone through and predicted who would win in past podcasts to see uh, who we thought would take take this uh, series in a seven-game series. But it's a little bit different now um, because we don't know where Luka is going to land on the uh, injury list. So what are your predictions now with the <laughs> knowledge of the games being kind of up in the air? Uh, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to predict um, until we know for sure how many games Luca does play and what does he look like in those games? Um, but what I can say is, I'm still going to roll the dice and with my initial statement, if they got the fourth seed, they're going to win in games um, in seven games. And and that's what I feel like they're going to do, especially if they can win one of the first two, obviously we don't know how long Luke is going to be out, but you have to win one of those first two home games. And it's a crazy, crazy, crazy year with Utah. Like I said before, in the season series, but um, the home team won every game. They're two and two against each other, and I think they should definitely take care of home court advantage. Yeah. So how how long do you think? So, what's the limit here for Luca being out? For you to for you to still uh, assume the Mavericks are going to win? How many games can he be out? Ooh. He can only be out two games. Okay. What do you that's, think? That's that's where I am too. He can be out two games, but this Mavs team has to win one of those two games at home. Yeah. So, so where do you have them? Um, what's your prediction? Or is I know you you have them winning. Well, Luca is a big wrench in it, but did you say six? I I believe I said Mavs in six with Luca playing. Okay. If he misses two games, I would still say Mavs in seven. Okay. 
but it's a lot harder. It also depends on what he looks like when he comes back. Yeah. Because if, if he misses two games and then comes back on the third and looks terrible, then we have a guy on the floor that's doing more harm than good, and he's our main ball handler. So hopefully no. this calf injury is not a big deal. But it also seems like they haven't been this tight-lipped about injuries this year. Um, but we haven't seen an injury to Luca really, like not like this. So I don't know. What do you What do you have? Mavs in seven. Yeah, yeah. Mavs in seven. Regardless, um, I'm just gonna go off of it. I just feel like Spencer is really gonna shine. Um, during this series, I mean, I. Um, I posted out, you know, without Luca, um, the stats. I mean, it's only been two games. Obviously, it's that's not a big sample size. But Dinwiddie um, averaged uh, thirty-one points at fifty-four percent from the field, <laughs> and then Brunson in seventeen games without Luca, he's um, averaging twenty points a game at forty-nine and a half from the field. Um, in the, in the biggest thing is the assist, the assist when Luca's out, Brunson averages seven and a half assists a game and Dinwiddie six and a half a game. So if those two can start out really strong, I still have them going seven. Utah, Utah has some struggles. They, they, they're like the opposite, like Mavs can come back, but Utah, they fall. Like when they have big leads, they always lose their leads in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I think they're going to struggle with that in this series. Yeah. And early on, we, we talked about, you know, you've had your uh, fear of Rudy Gobert in the past. I love Rudy. Yeah. You you love him, but you're also, you're afraid of, of what he could do against this uh, Mavs team. But yeah, we've seen, we've seen both sides of it with him. We've seen where he like for a whole half will not really do much against the Mavs and the Mavs centers. It's not his fault. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's why I'm not, you yeah. know, I, that's why I'm not con- completely fearful of, of Rudy Gobert is because I feel like sometimes that team forgets he's there. Exactly. Or just doesn't like that style of basketball because the other it's it's very much a Kristaps Porzingis kind of situation, but with yeah. a much better player. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like his teammates kind of forget he's there sometimes, and that can it can definitely give the Mavs an advantage, and hopefully they do that again. Uh, you said earlier that you know the home team has won every game in the series. They've played four times, two and two. And then the numbers for those teams though, <laughs> win or loss are very similar. It's really kind of interesting what this, what the scores are for the Mavericks, because like, if you look at, at the, the Mavs scores in every single one of those games, 116, 109, 111, 114. Hmm. That's, I mean, that's pretty, pretty consistent, 
right? Yeah. And your steals are seven, nine, nine, and then the last the win actually was only three. Uh, assists nineteen to twenty two in every game. Wow. So it and and then also the the first loss was really the outlier, but for as far as field goal percentage, pretty consistent too in all four games. So it's it's really it's I feel like it's up to Utah. Really. I mean, if we think about it, because this Mavericks team is consistently going to get what they're going to get. Now, is Utah going to be able to offensively get past the Mavericks? You know, it depends on how well they use Gobert and and what the rest of those role players do, I think, outside of Mitchell. I'm I like I said, Mavs in seven. Um man, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Uh I would I mean I'd really like to get out of the first round this year for these Mavericks. That's the goal. It all depends on Luca um and his health. But yeah, if if Utah really wants to win this series, which they do, they have to use Rudy like you said I mean if you just look at Rudy's stats in the splits against good teams in the west I mean he averages 16 and 13 um, against the Suns he averages 22 and 17 against the Grizzlies Um, against the Denver Nuggets he averages 20 and 17 and um, against the Timberwolves um, he averages 15 and 14 and then against the Warriors, he averages 15 and 19, but the Mavericks <laughs> is 12 and 13, How does that which work? makes no sense because in his field goal percentage is 76 and a half. Why not feed the ball more? Yeah, that's weird. That's and, crazy. and arguably out of that list, the, the least impressive centers to guard so i don't i don't understand if you're if you're a utah fan that's frustrating yeah if you if you get out of this (laughs) if utah loses in the first round this year which arguably they have more pressure on them than the mavericks do at -hmm. this point um because that tandem has been together for a while and if you're a Utah fan and you don't get out of the first round, especially if Luca doesn't play for two games or, you know, even one game, you've got to be just immensely frustrated with the coaching staff. How much... So I, I said that I think that Utah has more pressure on them this year in the playoffs. What do you think? I think both teams has pressure. Obviously, Jazz have more pressure. Um, it's it's put up or shut up time. I mean, you have to make it far, or you have to start thinking about things in the off season. But the Mavs have some pressure too, and they kind of got saved. But I don't want to say it, but they kind of got <laughs> saved by Luca's injury. I mean, if they lose in the first round again, yeah, there's gonna be some trouble. But then you could say, well. 
uh, obviously next pod we'll we'll have more um details of what's going on and we'll pro- we'll have probably two games before it but as, as of right now if he misses one or two games you have the built-in excuse like well luca was out the first two or first game if we had that game with luca you know stuff like that but if you lose in the first round three years in a row and you have Luka and you're trying to build to be a contender and this time you have a top five record in the NBA and you lose, th- that will be bad for this team. But, yeah, like, I mean, Jazz have more pressure. It's time to do something. Yeah. I So, out of the – leave Luka out of it. Who mm-hmm. on this Mavericks squad needs to have the best playoff series? For them to win or for them uh for no, just personally. themselves. Yeah, for themselves. Oh, Jalen Brunson. Yeah. He's about to be a free agent. You go get your bag. <laughs> <laughs> go get your money. This is money time, especially if Luca's out. Hopefully he plays game one. I mean, everyone says that. Um, everyone has said that, but if Luca does miss one or two games, like go get your money, like have a 30 point game or, you know, just be that guy that you say, Hey, you know, I've produced for this long and I've played for what 1.5 or whatever it is. Um, this is time to shine. I think, I think that it's, it's his time to shine. Yeah. What about you? Um, I would, yeah, I would agree. Jalen Brunson has the most to lose for sure. Um, I would. I th- I think he's I think he's gonna have his series. I think this is the year that he kind of like. This is a pretty good matchup for him. He seems to do all right, especially when Luca's not in the game against this Utah Jazz. He had he did have one stinker earlier in the year. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it is up to him. He needs to, you know, prove that he can be that second tier player on this team. Um. Get that bag. I hate that phrase. That's what but it he, is. But he needs to. He needs yeah. to do it. He's struggled in the playoffs. It's time. It's time for him to, you know put it up because he's he's good in the regular season but he has tended to struggle in the playoffs and it's time to kind of prove that he's worth that extra money that he wants that he you know kind of left some money on the table not doing a an extension we don't know if it was ever offered but we know what was potentially there um so he's he's got a lot of earning to do in the postseason now i also feel like uh, Spencer Dinwiddie probably has internally probably wants to prove the most uh, because of his background and what what's happened to him in the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see the performances that he has on that stage, uh, that spotlight that hits whenever the playoffs start, and and I hope he can, you know, rise to the occasion for sure. Yeah, and that was my second choice. But personally, individually, Brunson, like you said, not not just um, free agency, but that just that 
stigma around him that he can't play against good teams or he can't or playoffs, you know, yeah. um, he can wipe that clean. But Spencer, for them to win the series, Spencer has he's the X factor for me. Uh, he has to have a, a great season, uh, a great series off the bench or um, or starting whatever capacity that his role is in. He has to be great um, in that role. All right, last last question. We're going to roll off into the sunset after this. Is Luca okay? <laughs> Do something, Nico. <laughs> Do so get the best doctors in here. Do something. <laughs> we sure. have the best training staff, but get the best doctors and put some something in that calf. <laughs> put something in that calf. Put something in that calf. Get that steroid cream. Oh, no, no, sir. (laughs) We did not say that on this podcast. Painkiller, baby. Give him that wobbly leg. That's what you want to call it. Yeah. See ya.